Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So, before I go into the episode with Jenny uh, and the amazing episode that we have kind of coming up, focusing on kind of female health, nutrition, and wellness, the next intake of the Female Fat Loss Program is opening up, and it will be starting on the 9th of January. So, there are limited spaces available because I want to make sure everyone is getting focused. So, what does the Female Fat Loss Program involve? Tailored program for home or gym. It involves tailored calories for you and you will get you rid of that all or nothing mindset because we work on a weekly calorie average basis. It will teach you how to have weekends, have your fun, enjoy your trips, get rid of food guilt. You'll have recipe books as guidelines if you want to use those as new recipes that you can share with the family or the kids. The workouts are take maximum 20-30 minutes depending on where you're doing them. And also you have weekly check-ins on myself. There's a Facebook group with everyone in there that everyone's kind of sharing what they're doing. And it's really, really amazing to see the changes mindset-wise, first of all, and then also the body composition-wise, which is an added benefit onto it. So if you're interested in working with myself on the Female Fat Loss Program, that's starting on the 9th of January, there are small spaces left. So it's pr- the price is 169 for six weeks. That's 169 for six weeks. The link is in the write-up below. So if you're interested, click on the link. We'll get you signed up and we'll get your program over to you the couple of days beforehand and you'll have everything set up there and we will have weekly Q&As as well. So today's episode is with the amazing Jenny Hare. So Jenny is the owner and creator of One Health, which is a female-focused nutrition, health and wellness consultancy where Jenny works with one-to-one clients and gets to the root cause of the hormonal imbalances and get people feeling a bit more like themselves, which is, which is, a, massive, which is a massive issue for, for people at this, at this moment in time. So we talk about kind of coming off the pill and how to do it, the steps to do it, what to watch out for, the supplements. We talk about post-pill acne and what can be done, the truth about acne and does the pill help it or hinder it, and what kind of conversations you should have with your doctor how long does it normally take to kind of rectify things three steps to clear it up seven strategies to kind of soothe your pms as well what is seed cycling and this is something that hasn't been covered on the podcast before and jenny talks about it and explains it really well and we talk about is it actually worth the hype and is there enough evidence behind it as well and then we also talk about what your period is trying to tell you it's it's and your report card and what you can do and protecting your own body so if you're interested in working with jenny the link is in the the, the notes as well so if you want to work with jenny it's one health hyphen nutrition.com and you can book in a consultation but the links are below and you can follow jenny on social media as well jenny is a wealth of information and knows exactly what she's doing and i was very grateful for jenny to come on so if you hope you guys enjoy this episode with jenny here jenny how are we Oh, good. Hi, Shane. How are you? Good, good. This is the second time we've attempted to record this. <laughs> so it's the joys, the bits that people don't see when you're trying to record a podcast. Is yeah. This, these are uh, technology issues. Uh, <laughs> but today, it, touch wood, it seems to be all good. But um, yeah, you've had a pretty busy week. You're yeah. over in Edinburgh and then you're in with uh, the amazing We Are Riley crew yesterday and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we're we were over. Um, it was over with your honest collective. We went to an event with Meta last week, and um, that was really great. So I got to fangirl really hard over Grace Beverly. She is like girl idol. Idea. Yeah, she's a big. I'm a big fan of hers. And yes, the amazing girls at Riley. So we were in having chat to them. So yeah, so busy week, but all very positive stuff. Awesome, awesome. Um, 
So, Jenny, I know today we're going to be talking about kind of a lot of kind of menstrual health kind of issues and some of the stuff that you kind of you you work with on a daily basis with clients. But for anyone who isn't aware of who you are and what you do, can you kind of give us a little bit of a, a brief little synopsis on, on on who who is Jenny? Jenny, okay, so I am a female health nutritionist. And so my practice is One Health Nutrition. And then most recently, I have set up um, a company called Uranus Collective with my colleague, co-founder, Elise Hughes. So we are a personalized supplement platform. So we stock the highest quality supplements and we have various wellness events. And yeah, so we're really working on building that and growing that out. So it's very exciting times. It's amazing to see like kind of from the, the shift that you had like i know you're kind of still working with one-to-one clients but to kind of branch out are you kind of is it was it always in that kind of realm that you want to go down or was it something that you just were chatting with lisa and were kind of like let's just jump on it so i think um like i love doing my one-to-one clients and um, but coming from like a corporate background i think i work at things better on a bigger scale so i love to kind of have an impact on a bigger scale so i think from my own practice, we've both myself and Lisa saw such a gap for, you know, people being really confused as to what supplements to take. The market is so saturated with various different qualities of supplements. People are just really confused. So to be able to create a service that delivers some sort of clarity to people around what supplements they can have that isn't they have to go and, you know, sign up for a three-part consultation service is it's much more light touch, but they're still getting the, the you know, value from it, I think is something that we're really, really passionate about. So I love the scalability of it and the growth potential for it. I think as um, a part of my personal brand, I'll always have One Health and I love speaking at events and I love female health as a whole and my personal practice is very much focused on that whereas Uranus Collective is much broader than that and it's just really focuses on overall health and well-being in everyday lifestyle so there's a corporate element to it so again it's that scalability piece for just because you know you might not be suffering with a hormone related issue if you're female this kind of caters to everything outside of that as well so I think it's that scalability piece that really excites me um and definitely something that yeah i'm a very impatient person so i'm like have to go 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 <laughs> yeah you're like you're like me on that side of things you know you want everything it's like kind of when you're talking to your clients they want everything now but we want yeah. other areas now <laughs> yeah um, so it's uh i think it, it's a kind of decent segue into kind of some of the things that you kind of spoken about on your content i think the questions that are kind of coming in are from your kind of mainly through your content and I think the, the first one we'll kind of talk about is kind of the areas of PMS. Can you kind of talk about what PMS is first? Because I think it, it's there is stigma, unfortunately, attached to it. And then can you talk about kind of like the seven strategies to kind of soothe your PMS as well? Because I know this is definitely going to help an awful lot of people. Yeah, so PMS, so premenstrual syndrome um, is... It can be, it's such a wide variety of different symptoms, but essentially all of the symptoms like, um, you know, tiredness, irritability, sore boobs, um, brain fog, kind of just really not feeling your usual kind of energetic self in that week before your period. So, and that's due to 
the way our hormones cycle. So typically around if you have a 28 day cycle, your hormones will kind of peak in your Eastern and progesterone will peak around, you know, day 21, 22. And then after that, they'll slowly start to drop. And it's when they start to drop is when we see, can potentially see these PMS symptoms. And they're very common symptoms. Some people, some women experience them more so than others and to different degrees of severity. But having, you know, there's definitely, you don't have to accept all of them. There's, if you're getting this debilitating PMS every single month, there's kind of an imbalance there. So we look at, usually it's progesterone and low progesterone that's causing that. So progesterone is one of these very sensitive hormones that if you're very stressed, if you're undernourishing your body, if you're overtraining, just any kind of overall stress in the body will affect your body's ability to produce PMS. So you then are, or your progesterone really balances out the effects of estrogen. So when they're kind of out of balance, it's when you get these kind of debilitating symptoms. But there are definitely different strategies that can really really help to alleviate the different symptoms so particularly looking at so we overall like we want to make the body feel safe and reduce the stress so you're looking at anti-inflammatory foods in your diet so really a Mediterranean style diet is what I'd always say to my clients so your bright colorful fruit veg your plant proteins, peas, beans, and lentils, like we don't get a lot of them in Irish diet. It's just, they're not our usual go-to. Like if you look at other cultures like India India, and like all of the gorgeous curries that they make with lentils and chickpeas and all of these gorgeous plant proteins, they're just not in our staple diet. So we can kind of have to put ourselves into, you know, outside our comfort zone, I suppose, and try new recipes to get these sort of foods. Um, and there's a really strong link between plant proteins and fertility. So you, you can see quickly how these type of like foods and fiber and different nutrients can really support your hormones. Um, then, you know, some meat, lean proteins, your chicken, your oily fish. So getting those omega-3 fatty acids. Um, again, we're an island. We typically don't eat that much fish. I think, again, it's just a trend thing they go it goes in and out of fashion really and um, I know that there has definitely been a push in recent years around you know from the different like the fish board to try and encourage the consumption but also just because it's fantastic for your health as well so um your salmon sardines anchovies are going to give you those really rich omega-3 fatty acids and then your nuts and seeds so um you know seed cycling has become a big trend so um I mean, there is there's no concrete kind of clinical trials done on it, like a lot of areas of female health. But anecdotally, there is a lot of great evidence to support seed cycling. And like, so okay, so seed cycling cycling for anyone who doesn't hasn't heard about it, it's essentially you are cycling four different types of seeds throughout your menstrual cycle, and to complement the various fluctuations in both estrogen and progesterone. So in the first half of your cycle, your estrogen is high. So you complement estrogen. So you go in with flax and pumpkin seeds. And we usually try and get them in a ground form because they're most absorbable to the body. So that could look like putting some on top of your oats or on your yogurt or the smoothies. You literally can't taste them. Um, and then swapping after you ovulate when you're in your follicular phase or when you're in your luteal phase to go to sesame and sunflower seeds. So 
again in the conogram form so it's then uh, supporting the progesterone in your cycle so do we have a clinical trial that looks at seed cycling and its benefits in the menstrual cycle no but individually we have research to show the benefits of pumpkin seeds of sesame seeds of flaxseed so we know that it's the nutrients within these seeds so your zinc your selenium the omega-3 fatty acids that are having this positive impact on your hormones so you can kind of extract some of the data you know and you know yeah use elements of it yeah i I mean not in a okay well we're just gonna go you know it's still very and the way i look at it is even though even if it's not a magic it's definitely not a magic bullet in terms of it's that kind of cherry on the top if you have your nutrition down in every other aspect including seeds in your diet that are nutrient powerhouses there's not going to be any downside you're going to get the lovely fiber that goes with it and ultimately your health is going to be elevated as a result so i don't see a downside from my perspective yeah no i, I would tend to i would tend to agree with you and i think i think the role I think the other elements of it is it's adding a little bit more fiber into your diet as well and so the, the role of digestion cannot be downplayed in relation to kind of getting rid of the excess estrogen and stuff like that because like that bloating feeling I, I can only ever understand it from a a nerdy book point of view i'll never understand the psychological things that go on for people with menstrual cycles i really will never yeah. understand that so that's that's one area that jenny has over me <laughs> on that side of things but like it is like but one of the things that you kind of you said about there about kind of the imbalance in relation to kind of the hormones one of the things that kind of stood out when you kind of spoke about kind of like the lifestyle factors one of the, the kind of the keynotes that kind of can come in there is well well i'm not stressed yeah i think we traditionally think of stress as this psychological overwhelm <laughs> yeah and i mean like a certain amount of stress is really like it's helpful we need it it's productive but it's getting that balance and that balance will look different for everyone. So you might be looking at, you know, your sister or your mom and you're like, oh my God, how do they do all of that? Like they are getting up at six in the morning and they're doing fasted training and they're, you know, fitting a million things into the day. Like I just can't do that. And that's fine, but we all have different tolerances to stress. And stress is not just, you know, I'm having a fight with my boyfriend, the psychological part of it. It is everything that goes with, stress on the body so your body does not know how to differentiate between psychological stressors and physical stressors like under eating undernourishing your body overtraining. they all have a stress response that stimulates cortisol or stress hormones so if you're somebody that is a bit more susceptible to stress then you know going in and having like a fasted workout with coffee that caffeine that then stimulates your stress response is not going to be productive for you it's just going to send your hormones haywire and it's it's basically like you think of stress like in on a cumulative basis so you might get away with being in a calorie deficit but training five six times a week and having you know a chronically stressful job is probably going to tip you over the edge so picking your poison essentially and deciding okay i can take on x amount and just setting those boundaries which i think is something we're all so guilty of not doing so you know, it's not just the psychological element. There is a lot more in terms of our body's like interpretation of it. Because if you think about it from a, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, an ancestral perspective, we our bodies were 
fighting a stress response from like a predator or you know they're running they don't know the difference between oh like you you're not in famine oh you're just in a calorie deficit because you want to lose some body fat oh I, I didn't know I, I thought that I was just preserving this because you were in a famine like our bodies haven't adapted to know the difference between the different stressors yeah I think that that's a very good point in relation to kind of like the um the body just hasn't adapted like we're like we're not used to the amount of stress that's going on in this world at the minute like our like the amount of work hours like we have like if you look at my desk now there's two phones there's a laptop on the desk like we're not used to all this information overload things like 300 mm-hmm. newspapers you can take in an information when you open up your phone first thing in the morning it's something bananas like yeah. it's it's madness um it with those whole kind of like the strategies and stuff to implement with PCO or with PMS uh, and the seed cycling, where like someone's going to be like this, I'm a busy person. Where do I start? Um, I would initially start at the very basics and forming really balanced meals. So the first thing that I will always work on for honestly, 99% of my clients is breakfast. For... The majority of Irish people, we've been brought up on a breakfast of, you know, cornflakes, porridge and some other type of cereal or like toast and tea and jam or whatever. They're all fine. Those foods are all fine. But in isolation, they're completely unbalanced. You're waking up in the morning, you're having carb dense breakfast and sending your blood sugars haywire for the rest of the day. If you can just the morning has been shown to be in your optimal window to set yourself up for blood sugar balance for the rest of the day if your blood sugars are balanced your mood is more stable your energy levels are more stable your hormones are happier because you don't have this insulin roller coaster that goes with the peaks and troughs of blood sugar roller coaster so really focusing on i would always for in my experience women do a lot better on high protein and higher fat breakfasts instead of higher carbohydrate breakfasts. And that's not to say that you don't have carbohydrates, but I just mean like go in with your eggs, with you know, maybe an omelet with some veggies and an av- a bit of avocado and like a, a bit of a slice of toast or whatever. That's a really great start to your day. You have great sources of high quality fats and high quality protein. And you're going to feel the benefits of it in terms of you're not getting that crash even later on in the afternoon. Even if you do go for higher carbohydrate lunch, you still won't get the same crash that you would if you had to set yourself up with just carbohydrates at the start of the morning. So breakfast would be my, if you can change your breakfast, um, the, events, the benefits are immense. So that would be my first tip. Um, then the next one is around what you were saying around like fiber. So we're all very guilty of just going towards like the carbs and the like the protein. We forget about the micronutrients and the veggies. So breakfast is one of the ones that is kind of trickier to get your veggies in. So you, especially if you're kind of on the go and, you know, you can want to be taking something like maybe like a high protein yogurt with some berries or you can get your veggies in in like a cooked breakfast, which is obviously a little bit more tricky if you're on the go. But making sure you're snacking on fruit, veggies, and just adding that extra portion and especially green leafy veg. So the green leafy veg has a compound that digests in the body called DIM and DIM is really good at removing excess hormones from the body um, and also just keeping your bowel movements regular. So if your gut health and your bowel movements aren't regular, your hormones are being reabsorbed, your estrogen is being reabsorbed into your system and that's why you have 
too much estrogen and then all of the signs and symptoms of too much estrogen like the PMS and the heavy periods and the bloating so if we can increase the fiber increase improve the digestion in turn balance the hormones and then we don't get the nasty PMS so gut health so especially as well for women who have come off the pill gut health is a huge area of focus so a lot of women still do suffer suffer with like quote-unquote PMS when they're on the pill because they are similar symptoms um but when you're coming off the pill you definitely need to focus on your gut health so we've seen in research that the pill negatively impacts our gut microbiome so actively replenishing that with good a good quality probiotic and also your prebiotic foods so your fruit and vegetables and your fiber rich foods that feed the good bacteria in your gut um is really going to be helpful to you know that transition and keeping all of your kind of pms symptoms to a minimum what are the steps that's a, a really good segue and really really good synopsis i think when you're talking about kind of like the hormones going being recycled around the body it's kind of like when you're kind of draining out a radiator and just putting that water back into the radiator again that dirty water kind of being recycled around you've spoken there about kind of coming off the pill and i think it is one of those things that people are are a little bit more in tune with around the kind of the information but they just don't know where to start with it because it's such a still i think it's still a little bit of a taboo subject of like some people feel it's like well you're either pro pill or anti-pill like, no you're kind of i'd be more pro-choice it's completely up to you just don't be enforced into do something because the doctor has said it's knowing your options um how how what are the steps that you would say to come off the balance it depends on the pill depends on the person but the general steps yeah there are definitely things that apply across the board and i think yeah. on the topic of you know the pill and like hormonal contraception as a whole I'm very you know just pro information it's not about being pro pill or pro like the the pill is, has been amazing like for the last you know 30 years 40 years for women and giving them the choice to as to when they or if they want to have children but I think the part that I have really struggled with is the way in which it's used potentially to you know mask symptoms of PCOS or like excruciating like period pain or PMS and that's about a band-aid solution for those type of things so that's the kind of the kind of issues that I have if it's being prescribed outside of for contraceptive purposes um but from a solely contraceptive perspective it serves women very well and a lot of the time yes some women do experience side effects and I think for me and like my own personal journey is that like the pill served me for well for about four years and then for the last year I really started to get all these like side effects and I didn't know that they were side effects of the pill and I had been in and out of the GP's office explaining the symptoms I was getting like low libido really bad and um, migraines like literally every single afternoon I was getting a migraine I thought it was because I was staring at a screen all day like in a corporate office but it was literally as soon as I stopped the pill the migraines were completely gone so I think those side effects not being picked up on when women are talking about them is problematic. And then the other big one is the mental health side of it. Like some women go on the pill and they feel like they're, they've gone insane. They're like, I don't feel like myself. Like I'm getting anxiety. And like, we know like the, the pill is, was like one of the first medications to come with essentially like a black box warning. It's like cigarettes and like it literally came with a, 30 page leaflet of all of the side effects that can potentially happen it was one of the first medications for that to happen with so 
yes, we know these, like the, the producers of these products are telling us these side effects happen. And then when we go and present with these symptoms, we're like, oh no, that's not really the pill or, or it's never even rec- recognized. So it was only through my own research that I realized that these were actually side effects of the pill. And as soon as I came off them, gone. So that's the kind of part of the pill. I think the information that goes with it is what women deserve to know as well. And I do think there's a gap there. But in terms of prepping yourself and your body to come off the pill, some kind of high level general um, you know, port of call that you can kind of look at. So yeah, really focusing on your diet. So what I was saying earlier around your Mediterranean style diet, your healthy fats, your fiber again to help with that um optimal bowel motility. Um, you really want to support the liver. So if you think about it, the, the liver is processing all of the toxins in your body, the chemicals that are put into your body, your medication, alcohol. So you really want to support that. So if you can support the liver, it will then have a knock on positive impact to the rest of you know your skin. Like that's why we see like people whose livers are not that healthy that like, you know, they get the effect seen in their skin and their eyes. So like the, the liver really has this amazing job of detoxifying the body. So we really want to support that. So the likes of limiting alcohol and um, increasing your dark, dark green leafy vegetables like broccoli, kale, really, really good. So foods that are really high in antioxidants and particularly vitamin C. So any bright color uh, vegetable is high in vitamin C. So obviously we think of like oranges and citrus f- fruits. They're fantastic. But the likes of your red peppers and your broccoli they're also really, really high in vitamin C. So those type of veg and increase just something simple as increasing your hydration, try and making sure that you get two liters of water in every single day. And in the winter, that can be kind of tricky because a lot of my clients are like, oh, I really just don't think about it. Like your herbal teas are fantastic. Like um, coffee and teas, people forget. Like that, yeah. that includes your water as well. People do forget about that. And it's also in some of your foods as well like the watery foods like lettuce and cucumbers and stuff on your peppers there's water in those as well exactly yeah and then like in particular to support the liver like dandelion tea is fantastic as well so yeah that's your kind of liver support then from a lifestyle I suppose perspective um well sorry from the dietary perspective the last thing I suppose would be your refined sugar intake so we know that too much refined sugar can have like a pro-inflammatory impact in the body. So your anti-inflammatory foods will help in kind of um, managing that, but also just limiting your intake of processed foods and um, sweets, cakes, ready meals is um, going to be very helpful. But then in terms of lifestyle, just managing your stresses, I think it's one of those things that it doesn't, it's not like a sexy tip, but it just works. We we know how negatively cortisol impacts on our hormones so you need to just find something that you enjoy to help bring your cortisol levels down so yoga walking being outside journaling whatever that looks like for you and um, but like I even see it myself in my own cycle like on months that I'm all go really stressed I'm like oh I just had a like 25 day cycle I that's my body's way of telling me that so that will be short for me because I'm usually like spot on 28 days that's my body saying, okay, like I didn't have enough progesterone to keep going, use it all up with your stress. You know, it's kind of like a monthly report card. So you need to dial it down or just do something that helps you balance that 
stress and like activate that parasympathetic nervous system a bit more. Um, and then, yeah, the, the other thing I suppose when coming off the pill is again, supporting your gut health. So I mentioned earlier that the pill does impact the gut microbiome. Um, so doing a course of good quality probiotics can be very supportive in, you know, replenishing that gut um, ecosystem and then just your pre and probiotic foods as well. So um, your like probiotic foods will be like sauerkraut, you know, those fermented kind of foods. Um, and then, of course, supplements. So we have seen um, particular nutrients like your minerals like zinc, selenium and um, your B vitamins have been shown to, to be depleted while on the pill. So supplementing, particularly with zinc, is something I find very, very helpful for women when they've come off the pill because usually when you come off the pill, it, it varies between pills, but generally speaking, this whole like concept of like post-pill acne is as a result of this kind of resurgence of androgens in the body. So zinc has this anti-androgenic effect in the body, so it can really help to the body to process these excess hormones and then you know potentially ward against any acne and um also it promotes like a regular ovulation so that's obviously what you want to try and get back into when you do come off the pill so zinc would be like one of my go-to supplements for when you come off the pill oh you mentioned dim earlier on where do you kind of stand on using kind of dim is it is dim recommended to do from the from the off coming off the pill or is it recommended at a different stage so dim you can buy dim that it's in some products and, and it will be at a much lower dose or you can get dim separately um which is a much higher dose um so that so dim is not recommended to be taken while on the pill because it interferes with how the liver processes your hormones which is the exact way in which you want it to work when it's serving that purpose. So you want to speed up the detoxification of estrogen from your body. But if you're using DIM and you're already taking the pill, it's increasing the rate at which your medication are processed. Therefore, it could potentially impact the efficacy of the pill. So I have seen pill prescribed or DIM prescribed at very high doses to women on the pill by people who should not be recommending it. And women, like they haven't been told about this potential side effect. Like, I just think that is problematic because if, especially if these women are taking it for contraceptive purposes, they need to know that there is a risk involved. But that's one thing. But so again, and also like that high dose of DIN can be taxing on the liver because we, you know, it's doing a particular job um, and it's very effective at doing that. So I would wait and see. So I would come off the pill, support yourself with all of the dietary and lifestyle interventions that we just chatted about. Uh, go in with a good quality multi and um, some zinc and a probiotic and see how you get on. If you start to see the resurgence and the symptoms of high androgens and um, like getting post acne, um, then I would look at DIM supplementation. Um, but I wouldn't do it before it's necessary because like I said, it is that kind of extra load on the liver. So, and I would always take it with milk thistle to support that, um, to support the liver while you're taking it. So, even again, from my own personal experience, I did suffer with post acne, got a blood test, saw that my androgens were high, went in with DIM and milk thistle. And even though I was taking the milk thistle with it, and I was only on it for about four months, maybe. And then I did another blood test and I saw the DIM impacting my liver and biomarkers. 
So that's how quickly it can have an impact, especially when you're taking it at a therapeutic dose that would be recommended from like a nutritional therapist or, you know, a qualified um, nutritionist or dietitian. Interesting. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I know that's going to be one of the, I think that's going to be the next topic that we're going to be talking about. You mentioned probiotic. Is that just going to be a store-bought one or is a particular strain that you actually need or is there something that needs to be like tailored to your, to you? Because there's kind of hit or miss information on this is like just go into, I was going to say Harvey Norman, but they don't sell that. What are the other providers? No, well, we're we're all going to be going to Uranus Collective for supplements, obviously. Um, yeah. But um, as far as yeah, quality is absolutely everything when it comes to supplements. You are wasting your money if you are going into. I'm not here to like name names, but if you're going into certain places or ordering on really cheap websites, you are literally just wasting your money. Your body they're made from ingredients that are really poorly absorbed you're literally just going to excrete them in your urine so they're not going to have any impact and that's when people say oh supplements don't work supplements do work but you need to spend the money on them and they need to be really targeted and that's where the whole concept for your wellness collective came from but as far as probiotics yes there is a lot it's such an emerging space but there is so much recent research to show like the it to say that you know individual like if you're having a particular um issues so to say for example women suffering with a UTI there are particular probiotic strains that target specifically that um but in terms of when you come off the pill because the research isn't there to show us exactly which strain has been impacted by the pill um I would go in with a good quality high strength multi-strain probiotic so there's a really nice one from nature's plus um it's like a mega uh probiotic and you do that for like three months and you shouldn't need to do it at, for longer than that you should be able to kind of maintain that good gut microflora with your food um and you know your pre and probiotic food um but yes aside from that there are definitely like individual strains that treat certain like even I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know the strain off the top of my head, but there's a particular one that has been shown now to be very positively linked with anxiety and anti-anxiety. So the research is now getting into that level of detail, but it's only now that it's getting there. We've had like a long time where the trials have been done with broader strains, but now that we're trying to see that like little bit more um depth in the research, which is amazing, and the results that come with it. That's awesome. That's awesome advice. And yes, I think we know who I'm talking about when I said Harvey Norman. <laughs> Uh, so yeah Harvey Norman down through supplements um you spoke about you are gonna kind of I know we're tight enough for kind of time and stuff so I know we were kind of talking about the the element of kind of post-bill acne and I know it's a lot more common than people actually realize and I think a lot more the the, the, the kind of there's an empowerment movement kind of coming on people are looking to kind of they're realizing what it's doing and what it's not doing for them um what is the actual truth around kind of like the pill and acne? Is it a preventative measure or is it going to stop the actual acne itself? And what can we do afterwards? Yeah, so I do feel like there actually is a bit of a movement with like post acne. It's like really gaining a lot of traction. Like even on TikTok, I've seen a huge amount. I think it was trending at one point a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, and that's down to like big influencers, you know, going through it themselves. And that's for like various reasons. Like a lot of women are wanting to come off the pill to see what their natural cycle is like after, you know, being on hormonal contraceptive for, you know, the guts of 10 years sometimes. So with 
Um, okay. So if you have acne, um, a very common prescription is the pill. So the way in which the pill would, you know, quote unquote, treat acne is that it suppresses the production of sebum and your, it suppresses your androgen production, which can result in excess sebum being production, produced. But so you start taking that and these levels um, of your hormones are being suppressed and your acne does die down and it dries out your skin, which if you have very oily skin and acne, you, you quite welcome that happening. But your skin naturally needs a certain level of moisture to be healthy, to protect, you know, the protective barrier over it. So what your body then does, does is upregulates the production of sebum to give you that moisture level, right? So the pill is suppressing it. Your body is has upregulated it. Then what happens when you come off the pill, it takes a while for your body to stop that upregulation. So you have your body pumping out this, um, these more oils and then what's also happening is your body has your ovaries have started to kick in and produce their own hormones again so you have this situation where you have too much sebum a heightened amount of like androgens coming out while your cycle is reinstating after coming off the pill and you get this breakout and for what a lot of women what will happen is that it'll actually be fine you'll notice anything for three four months and then five six seven months like I think for me it was like seven or eight months it really peaked they were so sore. It's like very, very cystic acne. And you have to just power on because that is the worst it gets. And you can do all of the things that we discussed to really help yourself with the dim and all of the fiber and reducing your alcohol and your sugar. And it does get better. Your your body essentially remembers how to regulate its own hormones if you give it all the tools that it needs to. So that situation can happen um, like post-pill ha- acne can happen for women who never experienced acne before. And it's due to that same mechanism in, in that you're taking a medication that's suppressing the production of androgens, even though you didn't necessarily need that, your body has upregulated and then you have too much when you come off. So when you have specifically gone onto the pill for treating acne, um, I can totally understand why it's done because it's like when you're 15, 16 it's really such a confidence thing to have. I had acne as a teenager. It's hard. Yeah, it's so, so tough. And like, I can totally understand, like, if if I was in that position, like, I just want the GP to give me anything and the GP would want to help you by giving you that. But I suppose it's just that, especially people who are already suffering with acne, if they go onto the pill, it's probably going to be worse when they come off. And I think that's the part that women aren't told and they're not prepared for it. So they're like, they come off it and they panic and oh my god my skin's worse than it's ever been like I have to stay in the pill now forever but if they had have said okay you're 15 or whatever here's the pill just so you know right this is a temporary treatment when you come off it you are going to have to address you know what's going on and what's driving your acne and part of that is just like like adolescence and you know your own body kind of finding its uh hormonal rhythm but yeah I and now we also have the research to say that acne is actually driven by inflammation and not bacteria which is what we once thought and so that's why like I went on courses of like antibiotics you know you get like in your normal teenage spots I definitely didn't have acne but they're oh yeah take that antibiotic because they thought it was bacterial but now we know it's actually inflammation so if you do all that work on your gut and you know pretend you're removing foods that don't agree with you be it like dairy or gluten if that's something that your body isn't tolerating that's how you're going to reduce inflammation and 
in turn hopefully improve your skin so yeah it's it's a tricky one and I think the it, it was definitely a bitter pill for me to swallow excuse the pun when I never had like I didn't go on the pill for acne and then I had yeah. acne coming off the back of it and I was like what is going on and then I realized it was a thing so yeah it's definitely not your just just know what it, know how it works I think if if you're going to use it and be prepared to really put in the work on the other side when you're ready to do so like there are clients that come to me and they're like you know a few months out from their wedding they're like oh we're going to be you know trying for a baby you know once we're married probably after a year or whatever should I come off the pill I'm worried about acne you know I'm like no don't come off the pill before your wedding like I, the last thing I want you to be is like insecure with your skin on your, at like your wedding day so we'll, we're gonna have to work on that afterwards so you know there's certainly amount of being realistic about things as well um but there's definitely a knowledge piece I think that needs to be a bit you know better communicated yeah and I think it's it's knowing it's being aware of what was kind of normal for you at the beginning knowing where you're at now and I think it is having those openness open and honest conversations with the doctors I think that I think now people are probably questioning doctors too much and doctors are like will you stop fucking asking me questions Dr. Uh, Google I tell them otherwise yeah exactly yeah um but like it's having acne like I was on steroids and everything for it like that's okay. how bad it, it is it's really like it, it's it a is a bit of a, it's, yeah. it, it's, it makes anxiety ramp up and everything yeah. like I think I was put on it was a racket roaccutane a roaccutane okay. was getting really bad rep around that time okay. but I had no other option like yeah. my, my only option back in mid-2000s was like to to go on this like it worked but it dried out your skin so bad yeah um, and I think there are definitely there are varying degrees and like you know what what's what one person there's yeah. like a there's an acne scale you know yeah. like from one to ten and like if you're kind of like that quite severe acne then I think I'm not an expert I'm not a dermatologist but I do think like ractane is probably a good it is process it works. It yeah works. just just being able to probably have like as a teenager you're probably not going to listen to most people anyway because mm. you're just withdrawing you're just an emo living in your room <laughs> but it's about being knowing what's going to be could be the effects for you and mm-hmm. knowing what I wasn't I knew that were kind of like the depressive thing mm-hmm. like that I knew that was one of the potential things but I wasn't sure of the kind of like the level of dried out kind of level on the lips in particular yeah. and I was just like no matter how much like Vaseline you put on your face, or so your, it's like this is minging. Yeah. Um, but it, it does knock the confidence. I think yeah. acne is just kind of it's it's one of those things that really does debilitate your confidence. And I think it's important to know there's a lot more people that are in that same position than we actually realize. It, it's really kind of mm-hmm. common now because I think a lot of people are kind of trying to come off the pill, but to, and they've been using it to kind of almost mask it, and now they're trying to be at that age now to kind of conceive. Mm-hmm. and then they're kind of like they're trying to conceive but they're not feeling confident and then it's kind of like not feeling sexually yeah. confident or whatever it may be so it's kind of knocking all elements of yeah. it so. yeah no it is it's all encompassing um but like Jenny I kind of thank you enough for like I know we've kind of gone through a very very quick synopsis of an awful lot of like very big in-depth com- uh, kind of um topics and stuff like that so it, it's amazing to hear where can people work with you where can people find out about the the, the supplements uh and where can people yeah where can people work with you yeah so my um 
One Health page is Jenny um, that One Health on Instagram, and yeah, Uranus Collective is just that at Uranus Collective, um, and UranusCollective.e if you want to go and get your supplements. Um, but yeah, we have some like cool events lined up, so yeah, watch this space, and you should come along and join us. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. Not at all; it's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Shane. I really hope you have enjoyed that amazing episode with Jenny and have learned something about the pill, the contraception, acne whatever it may be and the, the and how to kind of question and how to kind of work with your body or rather against your body so i really hope you have enjoyed that question if you want to work with jenny give her a follow on instagram please do all her links are in the show notes and if you want to work with me on the female fat loss program coming up in january the link is in the write-up and if you want to work with me in a one-to-one capacity i only have three spaces available for january i haven't advertised in ages for one-to-one so if you're interested in working with me head over to shamewalshfitness.com or pop me a dm and we can get you booked in for a free consultation so i hope really hope you've enjoyed that episode with jenny